following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, where you can certainly watch TV with the radio on. Maybe we'll give you a better message than what you're hearing. It's been an interesting week. Paul Manafort from the uh, Trump administration, who was uh, Donald Trump's former um uh, Campaign manager goes on trial, has, has been on trial. Uh, Apple hits a trillion dollars in market value. That means the total cumulative value of all of its common stock is, is a trillion bucks. And uh, you've had the, the coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, have to take a leave of absence and perhaps maybe more if it's found that he uh, was complicit in in uh, covering up uh, domestic abuse charges. 
This is Tom Dupree. It's the Tom Dupree Show. Today is, what, the 4th of August? Yep. You're correct. Yeah, I, I got that right. <laughs> so, I got something I want to read. I, I uh, am a avid reader of uh, the Bible. Read it. Oh, here's my little alarm going off. I've already got it set. It already went off once this morning. Um, and I've got a part of it I'd like to read for you. Mark or Luke chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages." Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, uh, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into his streets and say, the very dust of the city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable that day for Sodom than for that city. Then he talks about the cities that have people that won't change and won't, uh, won't repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Could he be saying, woe to you, Lexington, woe to you, Louisville. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. How well do you do with changing your life when you know that it needs to be changed? Because that's what this is talking about. He sent out people to go proclaim the gospel and to cause repentance in the hearts of the people that, that they were speaking to. Now, when you, when you think about that, what is repentance? Well, it's changing. It's turning your heart 
away from things that you're doing back to things that God would have you do. Repentance is something that takes place in business daily where companies try something and it doesn't work and they turn back to what does work. It's, it's not a hard concept. But in this case, Jesus was saying, go out to these places, preach the gospel, do good works, and um, see how they respond. You know, when I've been doing this uh, show for however many years that I've been doing it, the idea was to get people to respond or, you know, at least see uh, how they might react to some of the things that I was talking about. And usually it had to do with politics, but it has had to do at times with personal accountability, personal responsibility. And I get people that tell me, you know, um, I like what you're saying. Then there's people who will say, well, uh, I don't listen. I don't really care. But the word goes out. There, there's not going to be an ability to, to talk about the truth forever. There comes a time when there is no time to do it anymore. That time can pass relatively quickly. So if you feel like God is saying to you, you know, my life hasn't been going the right way, you, you have the ability to turn around. You have the ability to change. That's what repentance is all about. It's about stopping doing things that don't work and starting to do things that do work. You don't hear that kind of message on commercial radio very often. You don't hear it sometimes on, I guess they'd call it Christian radio. But repentance is a very important thing. It's, it's a turning away from things that, don't, that aren't right to try to do things that are correct. And, uh, you know, in a way, it's been kind of a theme of, of what I've talked about for, for many years. If you don't believe that repentance is for you, then you shouldn't be listening. Because uh, that's... That's what I believe is that everybody has room to change what they're doing, the way they're thinking about things. And it's interesting. I've been fascinated with what got Donald Trump elected president. I think he, in a strange way, came to confound everybody's senses of, and sensibilities of what a president should be. It's a, he's, he's like a 
a, the joke, the joke that's on America. And he's done everything he said he was going to do, which is also interesting because people hate him without reason. But the reason is because he doesn't fit their idea of what a president ought to be. But that is the kind of thing that can jolt you into repentance, into seeing the error of your own ways. Stay with us. We'll talk about this and some other things when we come back. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Real life, Real life is happening. Pay close attention. Supreme Court fight to the end. Abolish ICE. They want to abolish ICE. The best economy we've ever had. Real, Real news. Life. 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 News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Oh, the people would come from miles away and dance all night till the break of day when the collar hollered do si do You knew Uncle Ben was ready to go. Late in the evening about sundown, high on the hill and above the town, Uncle Ben played the fiddle, Lordy, how it would ring. You could hear it talk, you could hear it sing. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, we're listening to Barefoot Jerry. They were a band from the past, lived in the Nashville area, Hendersonville. And uh, I've listened to them for years. So China is planning to impose tariffs on a majority of its U.S. imports, a move designed to match the Trump administration's tariff threats blow for blow that is bound to further intensify trade tensions between the world's two largest economies. Okay, what is it about tariffs? Well, Donald Trump believed and saw that America was getting a raw deal that companies like China or countries like China Listen, I call it a company. In a way, it is. Companies like China were subsidizing the goods that they sold into the U.S. market in order to uh, make the price lower where they could gain market share. They, that's also called dumping. 
uh, selling goods and services, especially goods, into certain markets and uh, not allowing us to sell things back to them, which causes a trade imbalance or a trade deficit, and it harms American workers. Now, Mr. Trump believes that by imposing tariffs on this, in other words, so China sells steel for, I don't know, $100 a ton, and we can only produce it for 200 a ton, which tells, shows you clearly that China is subsidizing some of the cost of their own uh, import and making it so cheap that America, uh, American workers who produce steel simply can't compete, but that it's a false competitiveness that the Chinese are, are doing. So he believes that by imposing these tariffs, it will uh, help America. Well, right now it's threatening, it seems, to potentially derail or slow down the economy. And I, uh, I'm not crazy about tariffs. I think uh, they are kind of a heavy-handed way of dealing with problems like that. But this is the path that's being followed. Um, there have been tariffs in the past. There was a tariff that was placed on southern cotton prior to the to World War or the Civil War that some say helped cause the Civil War, helped make it happen. It's protectionism. It's a way of, and it's a tax, it's a way of taxing a certain good or service to prove a political point. Now, is it necessarily the right way to do it? No, but it's different. And that's what we get with the Trump administration. We get different. Remember, I talked in the first half hour about repentance, causing people to change, getting people out of their ruts. We've allowed China and other, other countries to take advantage of us, and our leaders have just laid down and actually played ball with them, perhaps to the uh, uh, disadvantage of our own workers. Mr. Trump is trying to change this. It's time to wake up and look at uh, things as they are and have been and decide uh, which side you want to be on. While I realize that uh, Trump has a lot of personal uh, baggage, he's done some things that I wouldn't agree with, like played around with whores and prostitutes and strippers and things like that. 
he's had a, a, a sex life that I would not uh, want to emulate. Still, in terms of what he's done uh, with uh, shaking things up, I think he's done a masterful job. The economy seems to be doing well. You know, he's he's out there jawboning the Fed the other day, telling them don't keep lowering interest or raising interest rates. You're screwing things up, which I found to be comical. But this happens when there's a time of repentance. There's a time of shaking, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That's also scriptural. So wake up, smell the coffee, say your prayers. What is it in your life that needs to be changed? You know, this uh, president is, is like a shot over the bow for people, shot across the bow to wake people up. This, uh, these tariffs, um, they will make, you know, I've, I've often bought things and it'll say made in China and I'll think to myself, how is it so cheap? You know, tools and things like that. What makes these things so cheap? Well, it's, it's China playing unfair with the U S selling products to us at below the real actual cost of making them in order to flood the market with the Chinese imports and buy market share and put U.S. firms that produce the same kind of tools and products out of business. Trump is simply trying to push back against this. Anyhow, stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The Polaris factory authorized clearance is here. Rebates go up to $2,000 and financing is as low as 2.99% APR for 36 months on hardworking Rangers, legendary sportsman ATVs, and high-performance Razors. Now's the time to get the year's biggest deals on the world's best-selling off-road lineup. Offers valid in U.S. through 93018 on select new 2015 through 2019 vehicles, subject to credit approval. Offers vary by model. See dealer for details. Always wear a helmet. Never drink and ride. We are back, and we are looking at a pretty lopsided matchup, Jim. That's right, Ron. I mean, in one corner, we've got a 175-pound guy, and in the other, a 6,000-ton heavyweight train? Jim, this guy has no idea what he's getting himself into. It's no contest. Every day, people tempt fate and die trespassing on railroad tracks. See tracks, think train. Get ready for the country music television event of the summer. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Our 2018 iHeart Country Festival for the first time ever on Fox. Tomorrow, the biggest stars of country. Keith Urban, Dustin Lynch, John Hardy, Aaron Morris, and more. And never seen before collaborations. Plus a television world premiere, the reunion of Sugarland. 
Our 2018 iHeart Country Festival. An all-new two-hour television special. Tomorrow at 8 p.m. Only on Fox. North Korea's foreign minister firing back at the U.S. over its warnings that other countries not violate U.N. sanctions against North Korea. Foreign Minister Ri Yong-ho called it alarming and says the U.S. is, quote, raising its voice louder for maintaining the sanctions against North Korea. They have the who, what, where, when, but not the why. That's what Clark County Sheriff Joe Lombardo says of the 10-month investigation into last year's Las Vegas shooting that killed 58 people. By all accounts, Stephen Paddock was an unremarkable man whose movements leading up to October 1st didn't raise any suspicion. Lombardo says they've been unable to determine a motive and says despite signs that Paddock was troubled, there was nothing that would have triggered a call to law enforcement about him. Another weekend of hot, windy weather expected in Northern California, complicating efforts to battle deadly wildfires. Officials warn the weather could fuel flames and push the fires into new areas, threatening more homes. I'm Mark Remillard, ABC News. As we get into your Saturday, it looks to be a pretty good day here across the area. Mostly sunny skies winning out. Small chance for just an isolated shower or thunderstorm, but most of us will stay dry. Otherwise, look for much warmer highs with temperatures in the mid to upper 80s. For your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP, I'm WKYT meteorologist Chris Johnson. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeartRadio station. Magic Paper Shop, and in seven years, we have heard some unbelievable stories from real people like the cowboy looking gentleman, boots pointed in, tan leather skin, complete with cowboy hat and all. And when I asked him how much he smoked today, he said, I smoked three pack of cigarettes a day and a carton one I drank. Another one I've heard a lot of times. Mommy and Daddy raised a backy, and they didn't have no one to watch us, so they take us at four, five, six-year-old with them to play while they tended their tobacco crops. Naturally, we'd get bored, and I remember picking up a tobacco leaf, putting it in my mouth, and it tasted horrible. But we'd try it again and again, and pretty soon we looked forward to get back out in the field so we could chew on some more. Folks, when you see almost dead people come in, and they just found out some really bad news, and they think it's too late to stop, Sadly, they are right some of the time. Please stop in one of our stores or go online anytime. www.magicfabershop.com How may I help you? Oh, your pipe's broke and your house is filled with water. Yes, yes, we can fix that. Yep, even if you did try to do it yourself. From water emergencies to the smallest plumbing problem, Don Howard will fix it. And you don't need a contract. One call to Don Howard does it all. Anytime, 405-0900. That's 405-0900. Not to worry, help is on the way. You're welcome. DonHowardPlumbing.com. Don Howard, any hour. 630 WLAP.
interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today about uh, Citigroup. Um, and the, the article says uh, when banks bailed out the government, it's talking about National City Bank, which is otherwise known as Citigroup today. Citigroup hired Sanjeev Das as CEO of its mortgage unit in July 2008, right as the financial crisis was beginning to flare. People asked him why he accepted the assignment. He might have wondered the same thing as he rode a taxi to Citigroup's headquarters for his first day on the job. The cab driver was a fellow Indian immigrant. Mr. Dawes began to describe his new role at the bank. Just my luck, the driver interjected. I have some keys to give you. The cabbie, according to Mr. Dawes, then produced two house keys and handed, him o- handed them over. You guys sold me the loans to flip these houses, he said. With the market in free fall, he was unable to sell, and since he could not possibly afford to pay back the mortgages, he would simply hand the properties back to Citi. Mr. Dawes was incredulous that his new employer had given two mortgages to this cheerful speculator. But the story got worse. The driver explained that he had three more mortgages from Citi's rivals. Perhaps he hoped to return the keys to their CEOs as he ferried executives around Manhattan. Promiscuous mortgage issuance was just one of the colossal errors made by Citi's lenders in the run-up to the Great Recession. But in November 2008, President Bush refused to let the bank suffer the consequences. Just don't let Citi fail, Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson was told by Bush. Mr. Paulson tells this story in his memoir, but similar events have unfolded time and again in the memory since the federal government began standing behind Citibank. The bank's researcher, rescuers have included politicians and regulators of both parties. And what this is saying was that Citigroup always had its hand out, wanting to be bailed out. And it's the story of what happened and what has happened with banking, where the taxpayers are required to stand as a backstop to the banks. The history of instability and government support at Citi is not a story Washington wants to tell or help others to tell. Reporters have run into a stone wall trying to obtain key information about 2008. Imagine that. The things that the government did, and this is, we're finding this today where the one branch of government, which is Congress, keeps trying to get information from Rod Rosenstein, the uh, Justice Department, who won't cough it up and basically gives them the middle finger. But uh, we've had the, the reporters, they say, have had m- much trouble trying to pry records from the Federal Reserve about government assistance to city in the 1920s that may partly explain the relative lack of coverage of city's serial crises even as various books have covered the failure of a much smaller institution lehman brothers which never received a bailout now why am i talking about something that happened in 2008 because i think it's instructive for today 
The city story simply does not fit Washington's explanation of the 2008 crisis. Financial regulators and the Wall Street megabanks they oversee like to say that the problem was concentrated in the shadow banking system. But Citibank, a federally regulated bank holding company, was already subject to the full range of supervisory authorities. Perhaps most embarrassing of all to the regulators, Citi was specifically overseen by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York and its chief, Timothy Geithner, a principal architect of financial crisis policies during the Bush and Obama administrations. Then it goes back and talks about how banking used to be. Moses Taylor is perhaps the greatest American businessman most people have never heard of. When he became director of Citibank in June of 1837, the U.S. was in the middle of a financial panic. Unlike his predecessors on the board or his successors who steered the modern Citigroup in 2008, he had anticipated and prepared for a crash. Imagine that, anticipating and preparing for a negative event. Does anybody in banking do this today? This is why one of the reasons why at Dupree Financial Group, we don't own any banks except for a Swedish bank, which we feel like is a whole lot more uh, well fortified against uh, potential pullbacks. So Moses Taylor, believing that poor judgment by both bankers and government officials had created a speculative bubble, had maintained a significant cash reserve at his own merchant house. It endured through the panic and years-long economic downturn that followed. He became president of City in 1856. Taylor summed up his approach to business and banking with one phrase, ready money. Compared with modern megabanks, Taylor's bank was both more highly capitalized and more liquid. He ensured that a lot more money was owed to Citi than it owed others, and he kept a lot of cash on hand in case of trouble. As an additional layer of protection, he sought out stable deposits, clients unlikely to make sudden huge withdrawals. James Stillman became city's president in 1891 and transformed it into the largest bank in the U.S. His scrutiny of loans was exacting. His all-seeing eye raked the portfolio, journalist John Winkler wrote in 1934. Notes long due were collected, bad debts wiped off or amortized, Further credits were refused firms bearing honored names, even if so much as a smudge were on their credit record. Devilishly embarrassing personal questions had to be answered before the new president would consider a loan. Stillman's bank was sometimes the one rescuing the federal government rather than the other way around. In 1894, Stillman satisfied the Treasury's urgent need for gold by rallying investors to a bond offering in which the subscribers paid with the precious metal. Meanwhile, Citi was also helping Washington get out of a disastrous infrastructure project. 
The Union Pacific Railroad entered receivership in 1893. A battle of banks ensured over the plans to recapitalize it, and much of the debate centered on how to treat the government's $45 million in claims. Citibank provided money and management to help keep the trains running and begin a turnaround. Stillman was placed on a committee of five responsible for overseeing the bankruptcy and his bank earned fees and shares in the revived railroad. It also acted as part of an agent of the U.S. government. City profited from the deal, and so did the taxpayers. The government received $58 million in settlement from the revived railroad. Modern shareholders and taxpayers could only dream of a Citigroup CEO examining the bank's investments with such an energetic and skeptical eye and never mind bailing out the government. This is the difference between the city group of today and what it was like then. Today, the city group has received as many as $45 billion of, as, of capital injections. Back then, they were actually paying money to the government, helping the government recoup its capital. That's a big difference in how business is done today versus how it was done then. And uh, we can learn from the past. We can learn from people who went before us and had a different view of what capital was meant to be, of, of what uh, their responsibilities were, as bankers, as overseers of capital, very easily you can get into uh, rough waters if you don't follow the proper um, proper business principles. I think that the Trump administration is trying to set us on the course of, of minding the store a little bit better. Um, I don't agree with the massive omnibus bill that was passed by Congress earlier. I guess it was back around uh, December where they just signed off on a trillion dollars of you know, new new spending and that sort of thing. The government spending is ridiculously out of control. But other things that the Trump administration have done seem to be uh, geared along the lines of of better fiscal control. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. July. Judge Kavanaugh. Smallish ice. Out of the cave. Peter Strzok. Duck boat. Major fires. Flooding. President Putin. Michael Cohen. Water. On Mars. August happens here. Facebook sucks. Economy grew. North Korea. Soldiers back home. On News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. 
We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Along with Colonel Jackson down to mighty Mississippi. We took a little bacon and we took a little beans and we fought the bloody British in the town of New Orleans. We fired our guns and the British kept a coming. There wasn't as many as there was a while ago. Fired once more and they commenced to running on down to Mississippi to the goal. Back on the Tom DeFree show. So, Bo, you like my, my uh, barefoot Jerry call here? Well, once again, you've hit a home run on the music. I mean, I know we, we trade all back and Never forth. Never mind the show. At least we got the music <laughs> right. I mean that with much respect. I, I realize that. No, this is good. I mean, Barefoot Jerry, you know, for my generation, the only thing we know about Barefoot Jerry is the line in uh, Charlie Daniels' band South is going to rise again where he yep. says Barefoot Jerry in the CDB. Yep. That's exactly That's the only right. thing we know about it from that's, my generation. That's their plug. So. But, got yeah, it. I'm digging this. Well, I'm glad. I want to go back to what I, the scripture verse I read from earlier in the hour. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, when I was young, I became a Christian. I I had a uh, conversion experience, I guess you would say, in at age 15. And I thought, well... Maybe I should become a preacher. And the more I looked at it and and the more I went along, things just prevented me from being a gospel preacher, which I could have done, but uh, I chose to enter business instead. Now, business is a lot, in in a way, it's more exacting and more difficult than preaching because sometimes anybody with a good shtick can get up and and be a a preacher and get a bunch of people to follow him and listen to him and and give them money or something like that. And sometimes people with not a very good shtick can do it and they don't get challenged that much about what they're saying or doing because they're preaching the, quote, gospel. People won't say anything to them. But in business, if you say or do things that are wrong, it will catch up with you very quickly. There's a quicker snapback to it. So since I've been doing this show, I've tried to carry the gospel, if you will, what I can discern of it, into a business arena. Now, do I do it perfectly? No. But uh, the idea is to take 
truths that you might find in the Bible or places like that and try to apply them uh, in the business world. This is something that I try to do in my business life on a daily basis and uh, certainly when we do this show. Now, I want to talk about another article that's in the Wall Street Journal about AT&T overpaid some pensioners. Now it wants the money back. These big companies have pension plans. And in this case, it was a simple uh, error that was made in, uh, in coming up with the pension benefit and the value of it. But the problem with pensions, and this is a long-term problem that's not going to go away anytime soon, is that Promises were made to pensioners based on interest rates being at a certain level years ago. The idea was that we can set money aside in the pension plan and earn interest on it to the extent that we will be able to pay these people back because of how much interest we project us, project ourselves to earn and money in the stock market. Today, interest rates are significantly lower than they were when a lot of these pension promises were made. So you don't have the ability to earn uh, higher rates of interest from the pension investments. And the problem that they run into now is that they can't get the earnings to, to, earn, to honor uh, what their promises have been that they've made. This is also a problem with the Kentucky pensions. It's one that nobody talks about. They blame the legislature for not putting enough money in. They blame the uh, pensioners for, t- for having too high a benefits. I do believe that that is one of the problems. The other one that nobody's talking about is how low interest rates have gotten. And um, this is one of the things we try to look at at Dupree Financial Group. When we're investing pension money for, or retirement money for people, IRA money, 401K, we look for things that pay interest, if you will, sometimes they're paying dividends that are higher than what the normal rate might be. And we're, we're trying to, you know, when you do that, when you dig into something like that, sometimes there are some risk involved and you want to know how much risk you're taking based on the money that you're putting at risk. But does it pay over time a better than average return even with the risk considered? The answer is, so far, yes. Um, We're constantly examining these things, looking at them through a a lens of of, uh, suspicion. Well, you have to be suspicious of any investment you own. You have to, it, it's a suspicion in a healthy way. You're, you're trying to dig in and find how could this thing go wrong. In the case of AT&T, 
they simply miscalculated the pension money that they paid to their uh, pensioners, and now they're saying they they're trying to re recollect it, get it back. You you were overpaid on your pension. Now we're hiring a, in some cases a a collection agency to get your money back. That's pretty rough. But the problem with low interest or low interest rates is not going to go away. In my career, I have seen interest rates in well into the double digits. Back in the early 80s, that's where interest rates were, uh, significantly higher than 10%. And today, those many of those same interest rates are around 2 or 3%. Well, that's not enough. That doesn't give you enough firepower uh, to earn for a long period of time, over a long period of time, very much on your money. This is why we dig so hard to try to find things that will pay you a higher rate than that. The AT&T spokesman says that the pension overpayments affect significantly less than one-tenth of 1% of its 517,000 participants with a very small percentage referred to collection. He declines to say how the company identified errors or how much money is at stake. A Fidelity spokesman says the firm helped zero in on errors at AT&T's direction, including some predating Fidelity's role. AT&T Fidelity declined to address the individual cases in this article. Uh, now, what they also say is that if they didn't attempt to collect this money back, uh, they could be in danger of violating tax laws and uh, pension-type regulations promulgated by the IRS. So they're not just trying to go out and pick on uh, – Aunt Aunt Jimmy and Uncle uh, or Aunt, Aunt Aunt and Uncle, let's just say, um, they're they're not just just trying to do that. They're trying to stay in compliance with the tax laws. But the problems aren't going to go away that pensions have from low interest rates that they can receive on their investments. All right, you've been. Listening to the Tom Dupree show, Adarsh Mashru will be here shortly, and we will discuss some more things about what's going on in the market. So stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show, and this is News Radio 630 WLAP.